everybody, and welcome back to Tattoo Home Records, a podcast where we do indeed talk about tattoos, life, and everything in between. My name is Callista, and this is Gaia. And today we're going to be talking about boundaries. Boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. Boundaries. Um, as as a recovering people pleaser, it's making me sweat right now. It's I'm also like, hot in this room right now. Um, Yeah, Um, so we're going to talk about boundaries, and I think it would be important to start about, um, start defining a boundary. Absolutely, you take that away. Okay, I will. Um, Defining a boundary, I found this really random internet quote that has been thrown, you know, floating around. I asked her right before we got started where she got this quote from, and she's like, I don't know, on the internet somewhere. This is random. So this is a very valid definition of what a boundary is. Yes, and if you guys know who said this, please let me know so that way we can properly credit them. But um, the quote is: "Boundaries are the distance at which I can love you and me." simultaneously and i think it's a beautiful way to define boundaries because i'm very much an emotional person so to have a definition be very emotionally driven is great Mm -hmm. um but if i were to put it in my own words i think a boundary is something that a person is needing in any kind of relationship whether it be friendship friends with benefits um situationship relationship or like mother daughter um I don't know, father, daughter, anything. Like yeah, that. like Cousins, a familial relationship. Really any familial thing. Um, so it's something that is required for that individual person to make things in that relationship successful and respectful. That is kind of what I would define a boundary. Interesting. Yes. And you? Um, I think it's about feeling safe. Oh, love that. I think for me, a boundary is... Um, about that idea of safety that like I can tell you what it is I need and you are going to respect that because you care enough about me that that matters to you. Yeah, I don't know why, but like I just visualize like plants when you said that, for example, like a tomato plant or something is like, listen, I do need X amount of water in order for myself to grow and for you to like get that pleasure of like, you know, the fruit that you get to harvest afterwards. Mm -hmm. Like, that is something that, like, it's, like, a beneficial thing. But, like, these are things that I need to make sure that, I like, we can both benefit from this situation. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yes. So that's what a boundary is to us, I would say. Yes. Um, what does a setting a boundary feel like to you? Um, so obviously I am also a recovering people pleaser because that's just, like, how we were raised in very toxic households where boundaries yeah. were not. Um, I mean, honestly, I think that boundaries were not set up in my home Mm -hmm. um, in a very sense of like I was not given boundaries. Like there was a point when like my door was removed from my bedroom. There was no like knocking. Um, If you were going to talk to someone while they were in the restroom, like that was just a normal thing. Which, okay, can I put a pin on that Mm -hmm. and like just say something that is not fucking normal? Like, it's not okay to do that to your child or to really, like, I don't know, your niece, your nephew, or whoever the fuck. You need to be able to respect that boundary. The whole removing of the door thing, fucked up. Yeah. Super fucked up. Um, I ne- I didn't necessarily, until I started, like, learning about, like, toxic um, family dynamics and, like, narcissistic households and all of that, I didn't learn that that was a wrong, like, the wrong thing. Like, people had said that to me, like, okay, that's not okay. Mm-hmm. But, um... You know, those, like, fun, like, I thought they were, like, funny stories. Like, you know, the, like, lack of boundaries when it came to my body. Mm-hmm. Um, 
taught me to then just be like, fuck it. Like, okay, I'll just get undressed in front of anybody because like there is no autonomy and there is no boundaries around that. So then for me, a lot of like being in my 30s and just over the last couple of years is really learning about like boundaries and like upholding that and setting those and understanding that boundaries are things that like we decide for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So if I want to say, you're not going to speak to me like that. That is not a boundary for that person. The boundary comes in when there are consequences about, hey, you don't speak to me like that. And then if you speak to me that way, I will simply remove myself from this. And I think that's the big, like, misunderstanding around boundaries is Mm -hmm. that that is something that I say, hey, I'm not going to be around someone who's not going to respect me. And then, therefore, I will just remove myself. And I'm super quick now to remove myself, whereas... I did not have that knowledge or autonomy or understanding when I was little to be able to do that. So now I'm really big on like, hey, this is my boundary and this is it. Um, If I tell you I cannot do something, then I cannot do something. And if you insist now, I because it is a pendulum effect of healing. I'm now the opposite way that if you push me super hard, I'll just fucking be like, all right, cool. You don't respect a boundary. Bye, Felicia. So can I ask a question real Mm -hmm. fast to help me and our viewers kind of more understand boundaries just to really nail it down? Boundaries are something that um, are specific to. Yes, it's, um, hey, this is, this behavior affects me. However, this, the boundary is what you do in response to that behavior, not what the other person does to change that behavior. Because that's not a boundary. That's, if I say, hey, I don't appreciate, okay, so if I say, I don't appreciate people that cuss. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a really funny boundary for me because fucking cunt and shit are my favorite words. Love the word cunt. Um, <laughs> I literally have it tattooed on me. Favorite mm-hmm. word. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I say I don't appreciate people that swear. Yeah. And then I do not have like if you swear and you say, oh, fuck, that sucks. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you don't say that. I can say, hey, a boundary for me is that I don't appreciate that language um, and actually, I don't, I don't surround you know myself what? with people who say yeah, that. Yeah, right? I don't surround myself. So yes. I'm going to remove myself from the situation. It's not being a bitch to you. It's not being shitty to you. Mm-hmm. It's simply coming in and saying, hey, I don't feel comfortable in this situation when people do that. So to put it in like kind of like substance, like um, like a scenario, a substance scenario would be very much like, hey, um, I, I don't hang out with people who smoke cigarettes. So if mm-hmm. you smoke a cigarette, then, like, that's great. And, you know, you do you. That's mm-hmm. okay. But um, smoking a cigarette around me is really hard on me. And that person decides to be like, okay, I'm listening to you and I, I, I hear you. But they still decide to smoke around you. The boundary is you removing yourself from that situation. Yes. We right? don't punish that person for smoking the cigarette. No. Because at that point, you're being a bitch. You simply say, hey, I'm not going to be around. Like, I personally, cigarettes, like, bother me. Yes. Um, I have a lot of, like, history and, like, trauma interlaid with cigarettes. Mm-hmm. So, for me, that is a boundary. Same as, like, you know, hard drugs. We yeah. say hard very, like, in air quotes because I think that, like, that depends on the person. Yeah. But, like, very if you're like, hey, yeah. I'm going to do meth, I personally am not going to do meth. Yes. At this point in time. Um, I like to lay that caveat in there because you never know where life's going to take you. Life will challenge Um, that. (laughs) So at this point in time, I'm going to simply remove myself from that. Uh That does not mean casting judgment on people or being like, hey, 
you're a shitty person for doing that. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is the big misnomer is that people think like, okay, well, you're a fucking asshole for doing that thing. Like, nah, bitch, a boundary is something that we say, hey, this is my hard, fast rule. I don't do that. So I'm not going to personally participate. Yes. And then if my boundary is I don't want to be around people that do that, I will remove myself. It does not mean you need to make a fucking scene about it. Nothing like that. It means that you simply remove yourself until either their behavior has changed in a way that you feel comfortable being around them. Yeah. Or you have, like, adjusted that. Right. Like, you know that they're not going to actively smoke a cigarette in front of you. Yeah. To possibly trigger you wanting to smoke again. Exactly. And you've built that trust of, like, okay, great. But, like, I'm not going to judge you for smoking outside of this. Like, you can smoke. Like, you can literally leave the room and smoke and that's fine and then come back or whatever, you know. Yeah. Depending on how big the trigger is. And Um, I think that's that big misunderstanding with boundaries. Is that boundaries are internal to each one of us. Mm-hmm. And not going around and judging others for their behavior. Yeah, I um, which I, we didn't talk about this question, but now it kind of leads me to like, what does it feel like to have that um, boundary violated? So when somebody violates a boundary, would you say it's like very much like a, you lay that out? Like, hey, I um, personally, a boundary of mine is people smoking in front of me. Mm-hmm. Like, I just I will remove myself from that situation. I just don't want to, you know, actively hang out with people who are chain smoking in front of me because it is like hard on me. Yeah. So when people violate that boundary, would you say it's like them hearing it and be like, yeah, no, I totally get it. And then actively still doing it. Would that be violating a boundary or would is violating a boundary I, solely on the person? Yeah, I think that violating a boundary is solely on you to oh, remove yourself from that. Work. Love it. Love because it. Because <laughs> my thing is, like, I, you know, like, for me, like, boundaries are, like, the way that people speak to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, like, I'm not a cigarette smoker. So, if you smoke a cigarette, fine. But I also don't necessarily enjoy being around cigarette smokers. Mm-hmm. So, to continue that analogy, I'm not going to be like, oh, my God, you smoke cigarettes? What the fuck? Yeah, I'm going to simply be like, "Mm, I don't want to be around this. So I'm going to back myself away. Mm -hmm. And then if you're if you're just a chain smoker, constantly smoking, then to me, that looks like just being like, hey, this friendship is not sustainable for me. We just didn't mix at that. Yeah. Like we are not a combination. So like to bring that into like the emotional realm, like if you treat me like shit, Mm -hmm. you might not be aware that you're treating me like shit. Yes. You know, like I grew up in a very toxic household where I don't think and I participated in that abuse of my siblings and of my like parents. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it was very much triangulation was a huge part of that. And so, like, I participated in that talking shit about people and I used to bond over those toxic traits of talking shit about people. Mm -hmm. But that means that now when someone's talking shit and just to be really clear, there's a very big difference between like venting and talking shit. Mm -hmm. Um, But if someone's talking shit, that makes me feel really uncomfortable. Like, if you're just gossiping for the sake of gossiping, I don't want to be a part of that. If you're venting, absolutely, because I think that, you know, along the line of Brene Brown, you can piss and moan with purpose. Yes. So then that I give space to. But if you're just like, I just want to be a vile bitch. Mm -hmm. No, I'm going to simply be like, thank you so much for feeling you can share that with me. But I'm not that person. Yeah. Or I'm going to, like, in the case of our Uber driver who said very racist things. Yeah. And then pulled out a knife. We didn't necessarily feel comfortable to vocalize. But we knew internally, like, okay, we just sit here quietly. None of us participated in that conversation. We withdrew. And then we left and we're like, well, luckily, we'll never ride with that person again. Yeah. And that's what that boundary is, is removing yourself from situations or having those conversations of, hey, I don't appreciate you doing this. I think 
Okay, first of all, I love that we're talking about this on the podcast because I feel like something that like I have struggled with and I feel like a lot of people will struggle with is the reality that a boundary is completely you are 100 percent responsible for your boundary. Yes, 100 percent. You can lay out a boundary. However, you cannot expect people to adhere to that boundary. No, and you're a bitch if you you think that people should. And you shouldn't. So I was very big on, like, the whole cigarette thing. Like, I, just because I quit smoking cigarettes does not mean I should go around my life expecting that everybody who is in my life, Mm -hmm. whether that be an acquaintance, a coworker, a close friend, a friend, a dessert friend, or whatever, I shouldn't go about my life expecting every single one of those people to not smoke a cigarette. That is unfair. That is unfair on them. And it's unrealistic. And it's unrealistic. The whole world, because, so this kind of leads into the whole, like, lifestyle Mm -hmm. um, quote that I came up with, which is the whole, in order to have a lifestyle change, you will have to change your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. It is very much, it is 100% on you to change that lifestyle. It's not on anybody else. Can you repeat that one more time? Because I think that's really important to just, like, sit in and soak with. Absolutely. In order to have a lifestyle change, believe it or not, (laughs) you will have to change your lifestyle. Yes. Um, And so that includes not expecting the world to move around you. If you want to move, you can't expect the world to push you to move. You have to fucking do it yourself. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I love that. I love that we're talking about this on the podcast because, again, I do struggle with the whole, like, oh, my God, the boundary is 100% on me. And as someone who has realized that I have little to no boundaries around people I get intimate with sexually or romantically. Or friendship-wise. Or friendship-wise. It's all relationships. Can I give a caveat to that? Yes. Not to interject No, you. please do. Um the reason that we struggle with boundaries is that mm-hmm. boundaries are something that you learn in childhood. Oh, my God. Yeah. So not to do that whole, like, oh, we're going to blame family of origin. But honestly, these are things that we learn in childhood. So mm-hmm. if you struggle with boundaries, it's worth taking a look and doing a deep dive, honestly, with a therapist if you can. Yeah. Um, or with the multitude of therapist podcasts there are out there mm-hmm. like you can absolutely it just takes longer and more hours I'm of learning call it that independent research yes, at this point independent research <laughs> um but taking the time to learn where these lack of boundaries come in yeah and then understanding that yes you may have laid the like these patterns may have been laid in on you mm-hmm. so like for my you know bodily autonomy was not a thing i did not learn boundaries around my body yeah And now I know that there are boundaries around my body and there are boundaries around other people's bodies and learning that. So it's not just a, okay, well, I didn't learn that when I was a kid. That's my parents' fault. Fuck them. Whatever. No, it is your job as an adult to then say, hey, I now need to do the work to not pass this trauma on to the next people. Yeah. And and really taking the time to learn that, that like, yes, we did not learn these boundaries. We learned to people please in childhood Mm -hmm. because that was a matter of survival. Yeah. But now as adults, we must unlearn these unhealthy habits. And that to me is so important is taking that responsibility of, sure, I didn't know that then, but now I know that these are boundaries are purely on me. I used to think that, like, if I told you not to do something, mm-hmm. then you shouldn't do it. No, that's fucking stupid. Yeah, for sure. And honestly, when you say it out loud, you're like, that sounds ridiculous. Absolutely. But that's because we learned that as children, that our parents said, don't do that, did not give a real reason why. They just said, 
because I said so. Mm-hmm. And when you say that to children, so for any parents out there or anyone talking to children, when you say that to them because I said so, you're not educating them on what actual boundaries are. You're just teaching them that if you say something, that's law. And I hate to say it, but you are priming them for an abusive relationship. Yes, because then when that person comes along and says, hey, you need to act like this, Mm -hmm. they just go, oh, well, I've been told what to do my whole life. Right. Therefore, I must do that. And I can feel a lot of people getting defensive over that last statement already. Like, I feel like as if that would trigger an emotional reaction. And I just want to say that, like, even though you have good intentions for your child and it would just be genuinely easier in that moment to say Mm -hmm. because I said so and you have good intentions somebody with bad intentions can and will come along in their adulthood that will go ahead and use that neural pathway that unfortunately was developed when they were Mm -hmm. kids because again I, I feel like a lot of people for me at least I had a really hard time envisioning like well I'm an adult I should know better I should know better, even though that's how I was raised. I've been removed from it from X amount of time, so therefore I should know better. If it helps you rationalize your experience to realize that, like, again, your brain changes shape depending on how you were treated as a child, and therefore your neural pathways are completely formed differently depending on how you were treated as a child, and that will carry over in your adulthood because you are still living in that same brain. Unless you do the work, you won't beat that cycle. Yeah. Be that cycle of like, wait a second, what is a boundary? And that's hard for me too, because like, I don't know about you, but setting a boundary to me feels like shit. I, it is almost physically painful Mm. where I, I am crippled with guilt. I feel like I am just being the meanest ever. Yeah. By like, not just like setting a boundary and saying like, hey, like this is my boundary. I need this in order to feel good. Um, that feels like shit already. I feel like I'm the meanest person ever for saying that to anybody. Adhering and upholding that boundary feels like I am like reaffirming this thought that I am mean, that mm-hmm. I am bad, that I am the worst. How does that feel to you when you set a boundary and when you um, uphold it? I mean, honestly, it feel it's very very much the same that Mm -hmm. it feels like i'm a bad person for holding boundaries it definitely gets easier the more you do it Mm -hmm. because the more i realize that it is however someone else feels about that is not my responsibility that's huge that's can you say that again real fast how other people feel about our boundaries are not our responsibility love that And honestly, I think the important part is surrounding yourself with people. Like, I am an advocate for, like, if you can cut people out, cut people out. Yeah. If they don't want to uphold a boundary, cut them out. Mm -hmm. If you tell someone, hey, I do not have the emotional capacity to, like, be around people, which, like, with jobs like ours, we get that. And we get that, like, in our own home. So we know that, like, a closed door, don't bother. Mm-hmm. that person is like if your door is closed i know that like the most i'll do is knock to be like can waffles come in yeah and so and like because i know that that's a safe thing to do to be like here's a dog mm-hmm. and you also always have the right to say no and we talk a lot about that but like i lay that caveat in for most things that i ask people like if it's hey do you want to hang out this weekend? I always lay a caveat of like, you can 100% say no. If I ask, like, because I ask really invasive questions, because I'm a very curious person. Even now, and we've been friends for almost five years now, mm-hmm. I lay in like, you don't have to answer me. 
because it's really big to me to always give people an out. Yeah. Because that's something that I still to this day struggle with, that if you ask me a question, I feel the need to answer it. Or if you ask me to do something and you don't give me a caveat of like, you can 100% say no, Mm -hmm. then I will be like, oh, fuck, I have to say yes. Because that people pleaser is so deeply ingrained in that holding that boundary (laughs) for me oftentimes feels easier to just isolate and cut people out than it does to have that hard conversation. Oh, my God. Yes, it is incredibly difficult, like, having that hard conversation because, especially depending on, I guess, like, who you're having that hard conversation with because, unfortunately, I don't know about you, but, like, for, I'm going to try to speak to the people who have had, or at least who have tried to have these hard conversations with people, and it was always met with invalidation Oh, yeah. Devaluation. Just toxicity of like, well, you know, technically this is your fault that you got hurt because you didn't tell me sooner. Yeah. Fuck that. First of all, fuck that. Second of all, there is no time limit on, at least for me, Mm -hmm. to tell someone like, hey, like, this really hurt me when you did this. Well, that's where that safety is. That's where that safety is. You can come at any point and say, hey, when you do this, it hurts my feelings. Mm -hmm. And then I think for me that like really understanding people's boundaries because I am a person that needs to know why is being like, hey, tell me more about that if you can. Yes. But I mean, we are actual like the moment that our friendship truly changed was because it was a day that I was like, hey, I know that we said we would go to Ikea and it was mm-hmm. like you, me and another friend at that point. Yeah. And it was a and road then, trip, you know, we yeah, had to it was a road trip. Yeah. To go we, there, to go there and then go and then come back. Mm-hmm. And I was just exhausted. And I was at that point, like what probably a year out of a fully enmeshed abusive oh relationship gosh, yes. with yes. <laughs> um, my like family And Mm -hmm. so I was just then learning to say, like, hey, I can't do that. And honestly, that was something that, like, you taught me was, like, hey, you can say at any point in time you cancel plans. Mm -hmm. And, I like, for me, that was the hardest, worst thing in the world. Whereas at this point, like, it can be 10 minutes before someone's supposed to hang out with me. Yep. And if they cancel plans. And don't get me wrong, there is a disappointment that happens. But that's purely on me. Mm -hmm. But for that person, I will never... Or at least I will do my best to never guilt someone around that to be like, absolutely not. You can cancel it last minute because you taught me that of like, hey, and I canceled that day because I was like, I'm exhausted. I'm not fit for human consumption. So if I do go on this trip, I'm going to be a bitch. It's going to be awful. Um, And I'm going to be exhausted emotionally for the rest of the week. I actually don't think we had that language yet. I just we knew didn't. That you were exhausted. Yeah, you just we didn't have the language, but like at, at that point I me, knew. Yeah, you were just like, listen, I'm so sorry, but like I can't do it today. Like I am so bone tired. Yeah, yeah. And then I think I was just like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, you were just like, <laughs> don't worry about it. Like your I think language I said, was, do what you can to recharge or yeah. something like that. And I was you, like, you, do you you wrote in there, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. And that was something that like truly changed our relationship for yeah. me because the other person um through no fault of their own it was just they like were obviously very disappointed and were not in a place emotionally yes to handle to said. handle said disappointment right. so they were very much like guilt language and it was just 
really awful and it was I'm guessing, something I'm guessing it was something along the lines of like oh bummer I was really looking forward to yeah. it and you were like fuck thanks for making me feel worse yeah the and courage it, it takes for someone to cancel plans to begin mm-hmm. with is big and that was the thing like that was one of those truly like life defining moments mm-hmm. where I like read these because I sent you guys both the, the same message mm-hmm. and um and then I read yours and yours came in right before theirs came in mm-hmm. and yours came in and I told Caboose like okay thankfully like she's okay with it like yeah. I feel really guilty but I'm so tired mm-hmm. and then I read that other message and because I had read yours first I then saw what that looked like to like have someone that was okay yeah. with me being a fallible fucking person. Well, safe to with be me a being, person with. Yeah, right? with me being like, hey, I'm tired and I'm exhausted and I just can't. Yes. And then this other person was a repetition of my like entire life of mm-hmm. like, hey, I told you I can't do this. But you made me feel really shitty and guilty, which ended up being the demise of our relationship. Yeah. Because then when I tried to broach that conversation later, it just turned into this, like, horrible, toxic mess of, like, I had disappointed them. Mm-hmm. And that disappointment was too insurmountable for us to continue a relationship. Yeah. So it drove, like, a wedge. And for me, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I would never fucking change it. Like, mm-hmm. But at the time, it was, like, super painful of, like, oh, look, like, you told someone no, and you got punished by the end of a relationship. Yeah. Whereas I was very fortunate in the sense that, like, with us, Mm -hmm. I then said, hey, no. And you said, I love you even more for telling me no. Oh, for sure. And we didn't have the language that we do now Mm -hmm. around it, Mm -hmm. but it was that feeling of knowing that, like, I was safe to say no to you. Yeah, absolutely. Because here's my thing is, like, I, like, honestly was really excited to go Mm -hmm. on that, like, little, like, road trip that it was supposed to be, like, a girl's trip, and it was a day out, and I remember telling my parents about it, like, oh, yeah, I'm pumped, like, we're gonna go to Ikea, I've never been to Ikea, I'm excited, and then you had canceled, and I was like, oh, that's okay, and then my parents were like, oh, are you not going? I'm like, no, um, we had to cancel, like, you know, she's really overwhelmed, she's very tired, so I'm just gonna hang out, and they're like, okay, cool. And it was big because uh, I think for me, unknowingly, again, we didn't have the language like we did before then, but unknowingly, I was very big on making sure that I wasn't negatively reinforcing your, I guess, um, not reaction, but your um, courage to tell me how you were actually feeling. Yeah. And that's very big. I don't want people like I think that's something that I want people to start thinking about is like am I negatively reinforcing my partner's feelings or my friend's feelings for them telling me something that like, it's not that I didn't like want to hear that or like just something that I didn't expect or whatever, you know, whatever it is, whatever feelings that they have, you don't ever want to negatively reinforce Mm -hmm. them having the courage to be like, Hey, this really upset me. And the negative reinforcement comes into the whole like low key gaslighting and like invalidating You know what I mean? Where it's just like, fuck, then I can never actually do this because every time you do that, it's like a chip in the, I don't know, imaginary trust. If you were to like imagine a trust, trust as like a mirror, it's that crack in the mirror or the crack in the windshield, I should say. Yeah. Right there. It starts as a little crack, but then every single time you like unknowingly negatively reinforce that all of a sudden you have this giant crack Mm -hmm. all the way through your windshield. Which can I state (laughs) if you've already put in those things like. 
That doesn't mean they have to be there forever. No. Like, you, you can, can fix always, the yeah, you can always, like, that crack is still there, mm-hmm. but just like how you can put Bondo in that crack or whatever the fuck the actual thing is. Right. Um, <laughs> like, Caboose and I have been doing that a lot lately, because, uh-huh. like, we're fortunate enough that, like, the couple, you know, we've only had, like, one what we would deem our bad fight, yeah. which was a drunken fight, and it's now the funniest thing. Be- but oh, it's the funniest did. thing <laughs> yeah. because we took the time to then um, have that conversation mm-hmm. around, like, this is where I was. Like, I'm sorry that I, like, reacted this way. That wasn't the best. And, like, mm-hmm. I took accountability for my reactions. She gave space for my, like, feelings around it. And yeah. then we, like, dug deeper and, like, figured out, like, this is where everything's coming from. Like, oh I gosh. accuse you of, of, like, how do I know you're not poisoning my dog? Because that's child, like, right childhood trauma and i could have very well like responded that with like how fucking dare you yeah how fucking dare you accuse me of that but i didn't want to because i was like okay she's having a moment like (laughs) i'm like i don't think this is how she actually feels and it i oddly enough in that moment it didn't like hurt me either i was just like okay you're having a moment and like i just want to see why like i just want to see like where this is coming from because I know I would never poison the dogs and, and I think I you know, know you would never <laughs> do it I was like it. I think you also know but I was projecting but these feelings are coming drama. from somewhere exactly yeah. these feelings are coming from somewhere and I want you to have the space to feel those feelings and know that you're safe because again I don't want to negatively reinforce those feelings because then mm-hmm. that would be sus yeah because well, then it'd be like are you poisoning my <laughs> but then the thing <laughs> there is that you can come in like we've been doing that a lot in my marriage where it's like coming in and being like hey Where does this come from? Like, did I lay this behavior in you? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we it's been 15 years that we or I guess almost 16 years now that we've been together. Um, So now it's going back and like taking those things that we see as like, hey, you act like this and this hurts my feelings. Mm -hmm. And then actually getting curious of like where this comes from. And I think that that's like kind of the thing with like to bring it back to boundaries is, like, getting curious about, like, why these boundaries exist. Oh, yes. And because I think that then you don't take it as a um, rejection. Because I think a lot of people take boundaries as, like, a painful rejection. So if you say, mm-hmm. hey, um, I, once again, we'll go back to this, like, cussing thing. Because I think it's fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> as I just said, fucking hilarious. I didn't yeah. even think about that. <laughs> um, but because we've had that with someone before that like that was the biggest deal ever Mm -hmm. but taking and saying hey why do you feel this way and understanding like for me that understanding of why is always such a big deal yes like you have some boundaries that you were like hey i don't like this language Mm -hmm. and i then said i don't fucking like being called exotic i don't like the, the word exotic is very triggering for me incredibly triggering but yeah super triggering so then i was like tell me more about it so Mm -hmm. i can understand and that way i could look at it from like where if i use the word exotic which now i i simply just don't say because i don't want to like possibly offend people Mm -hmm. um because i'm like i don't know that someone else doesn't find that offensive and some people don't personally speaking i think it's a bit stupid Uh not for your boundary but because i'm like so you assume that because she's 
browner than I am. She's exotic. Yeah. But I'm literally from a different country and she's American. And I'm fucking American. And yeah. that's why I have an issue with being called exotic. Yeah. Whereas if someone were to be like, oh, guy, you're exotic. I'd be like, well, thank you. I don't consider English people to be exotic, but thank you. Yeah. Well, technically um, I am from a different country. Yeah. And that makes more fucking sense to me. And that's the thing is like, for me, logically speaking, that makes so much more sense. Uh-huh. But then like understanding where that came from of like the fetishizing of mm-hmm. like Asian cultures, I was like, absolutely. Absolutely, I can see where that would be a boundary for you of like, no, that word really bothers me. And I don't want to be around people that talk to me like that and treat me like that. Mm -hmm. And so then that also then meant that I could uphold that boundary with you. So then we it wasn't just something that you did. But then when you have a community of people around you that are curious about your boundaries, Mm -hmm. then we can also help you like, hey, we uphold these and we respect these. And for me, like once again, I am not a like because of my upbringing, I no longer am a blind follow up. Someone says this is a boundary for me. I want to know why, because I grew up in a very gaslit household of like, you don't do that. And then I'm like, I don't know. Why Why don't I? And it was because I said so. So now for me, that understanding is huge. Is huge. But that's how you cultivate those relationships is by being like, tell me more about that. Oh, okay. So with that being said, like, yes, being curious about other people's boundaries is really important. But B, do you think that it is your responsibility if you want to pour into this relationship deeper and farther? Is it? Our responsibility to tell people our boundaries when they have unknowingly crossed them. Okay, so I think that it's a little bit chicken egg situation, I know, right? It is kind of hard. Um, I'm only it's a lot like Renee says um, right. about like how you feel like someone is safe. So, like yes. when you tell someone a secret, we tell them a secret when that relationship can support that secret. I love this. Yes. Uh huh. So if you're going to say, like, maybe the first time you meet someone, like, excuse me, I just burped a little bit. Um, okay. <laughs> my dad says the word exotic and uh-huh. he never thinks about it. And like, because, you know, like Hedge and you know him as a person. And I know you that he's never safe. find that as I, 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 I'm assuming. I don't. I really don't. Um, so you're based off, yeah. Based off of your like, <laughs> wow, reaction. You react, you don't find that as offensive or as him like fetishizing or anything like weird mm-hmm. or creepy. Mm-hmm. It's not the like typical like fucking retired Navy having to marry someone in the middle of like, you know, having to marry some Asian person. <laughs> um, the way that, that situation, this fucking camera. <laughs> um, but you don't feel fetishized in that moment. So yeah. then you, as far as I'm aware, you did not have that conversation with him. No, because you didn't need to. No, because I knew it was coming from a like an innocent place. Yeah, like completely. Like we had, mm-hmm. yeah, we have built that relationship where I'm like, no, it's not that big of a deal. And I guess I can see how people would think that's hypocritical, but I love the whole Brene Brown going it's back to the safety. whole, do we feel safe and do we, yeah, has this really, can this relationship bear the weight of said conversation? Exactly. And whether or not it needs to be. So like, yeah. for me, like a, a hard, fast boundary is like, yeah. you, you know, you cannot smoke in my house. Like that's mm-hmm. it. Because like, not only do we have the most sensitive 
smoke detectors in the entire world in our entire neighborhood. Yes. Um, I set that shit off like three times a week. So we hear it all the time in other people's houses. And now it's just become like, oh, someone's cooking a delicious meal. Yeah. But like for me, smoking in my house is such a hard, fast thing. And like in our house in South Carolina, we had a person in our life that would smoke in it. Mm -hmm. And like we kept being like, please don't smoke in my house. Please don't smoke in my house. And at that point, I did not have the courage like it got to the point where i even put a no smoking sign on my fucking door yeah because i at that point did not have the courage Mm -hmm. to be like you can't come over if you're gonna smoke here Mm -hmm. like it's a simple as that don't fucking smoke like i saw you vape and blow it into my dog's face and my dog literally coughed which i'd never heard waffles cough before but i was so afraid and this is what happens when you're raised in the sort of environment that I was raised in that you feel like a bitch for saying anything yeah so oftentimes I would have to be like babe can you please say something like you're a man you're seen as the nice person in this relationship caboose please say something Mm -hmm. because our relationship like my relationship with that person was such rocky ground that it could not withstand that hard like this conversation Mm -hmm. is why which is also huge on the whole like listen I if Fuck. Like, if I have to send somebody else out, A, it is a true testament to how you respect me and how you respect somebody else. Ooh. <laughs> so, say that again. If if you have to send somebody else to set that boundary for you, it is a true testament to how that person respects mm-hmm. you versus how they respect somebody else. Yeah. Um, Which, A, is obviously unfair. Like, I, I, I'm just saying that, obviously, just because some people might not know that, that is incredibly unfair. And, B, I... Um, some people will take advantage of that inner narrative. It's almost like they can sense that you have it in your head where you're like, I feel like a bitch for saying this. Some people will take fucking advantage of that and be like, mm-hmm. why are you being like this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've had that happen to me before as well. Like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing blah, 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 X, Y, Z? Like, whatever. Also, not to sidetrack us, but... we All we do is sidetrack. Don't worry about true. it. Everyone that's on this journey with us is... Re- is Fully aware that our podcast is all about us <laughs> learning and you guys learning along with it's us. It's about us processing yeah. our shit and like sharing that yeah. processing with We're just processing our shit for the whole world to see. So how would you, um, when people set a boundary and they uphold them through, I don't know, we'll say like not talking to that person anymore. How would you say to respond to those people who outwardly think that you upholding that boundary is you punishing them is you being mean is you like for example oh like so you're just not going to talk to me anymore so you're just going to cut me out so you're just going to blah 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 do you see how unfair that is like so i personally think that i mean i don't know how many billions or trillions of people are on this fucking planet Mm -hmm. There's lots of other people besides me. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to be mad that we aren't talking because um, we cannot get along in the sense that I've set this boundary. So mm-hmm. we'll go back to the smoking in my house. Yeah. If we can't agree that you can't smoke in my home or that like we can speak however we want in our home. Yes, I can curse. There's I can say whatever so the fuck I want. <laughs> other homes that you could go into. And if you're upset with that... That's on you. I don't give a fuck. 
think that I'm a bitch for not letting you in my home to smoke or think that I'm a bitch for using whatever fucking language I want to use in my home or in this case on my podcast. I click the like that we have explicit language on our podcast for a reason, because the people that are here want to be here with us. And that's the way I see it is that like if I'm no longer in a place that I can speak to you. Because either we have not, and part of it is on me, like part of it's like, as I'm learning relationships, I can look back at previous relationships and be like, man, if you would have had these conversations, maybe it would have been better, Mm -hmm. but we don't know what we don't know. So I give a lot of grace to previous me the same way I give lots of grace to people that I've known that have like harmed me in the past because you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Not everyone has the like language at that point in time to specify that or like feel the safety at that point yeah. in time. So and it, a lot of people don't know how to cultivate that safety with exactly. that person. Exactly. Um and I would say the whole like I don't know what I don't know. Um we did write this quote down um which is something you stopped me today cuz I'm guilty of saying I should have known this. Mm. And both you, and I think it's interesting, both you and my friend Lily also said, our friend, I should say, our friend Lily. I love Lily. Yeah, absolutely. was all like, uh, can we pause? Because that language I feel like could be dangerous. The whole I should have known shouldn't be I should have known. We change it to I know now. Yes. So every time I get the urge to say I should have known this, I try to correct myself and be like, okay. What I want to say is I should have known, but what I will say is I know now that X, Y, and Z, and this is a red flag now. Can we can we sit in that moment for a second? Because I feel like a lot of people say that I should have known. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of, like that's that part of like heal- my healing journey for myself is understanding that like like I did a lot of very toxic things in my like teenage years and my early 20s and through like my mid to late 20s. And I'm sure that like there are things that I do now that I would then Mm -hmm. in 10 years from now, hopefully that I've grown enough that I'll be like, well, that was toxic as fuck. Mm -hmm. Um, Hopefully now with like less repercussions of like harm for other people. Mm -hmm. But like, where do you think this idea comes from? Maybe maybe you have an idea like of I should have known. I think um, the whole I should have known not to always pin it on like that whole everything happens in childhood, but it is giving yourself more responsibility than you need to. Ooh. Um, it's giving yourself more blame than you need. It is very much like victim blaming almost. It's a very, mm. it's a, it's a like far cousin from victim blaming. Of like, oh, well, I would say it's a close cousin. You would I would say it's a close cousin. Yeah, it's close that. That blame, yeah, that self-blame. It's easier to blame yourself than it is to blame the other person. But I think that also goes back to this very, like, westernized culture around, like, victim blaming. That, like, well, what were you wearing? Like, you should have known these are bad things. Oh, for sure. Like, you should know not to walk alone at night. Like, you should know these things. So, yeah, I think that's, like, a great place to be. Whereas, like... I, you know, I, I really think it's like, now I know, Mm -hmm. like, that's what we were talking about earlier was Mm -hmm. that language is very invalidating to yourself. Yes. Is I should have known that. Why the fuck would you know that? How many times do you hear me say like, this sounds silly, but I feel unsafe. Oh, dude, I fucking correct her all the time on that because she lays this caveat. She's like, this sounds really mean. And then she says something completely not mean and i'm like that's not mean that's the truth but you have been told your whole life that i mean that you're mean for like 
shining the flashlight on things that like are unfair, are unruly, yeah. are injustice. The injustices of the, yeah. the things that have happened to us because I shine a flashlight on it. And um, you get this too, because you shine a flashlight on it, you're labeled as the mean one. Yeah. And because I... what? So I turn on the light and you guys are forced to see it and now you guys think I'm fucking mean for it? Like, mm -hmm. no, this has always been there. It was going to be there in the dark. So it might as well be there in the light. Exactly. Um, and I, yeah, I really do think that it's important to have that, like, awareness around the I should have known. Yes. And changing so, the language. Yeah, to change that language. I now know this. Because I don't look back at, like, past me and go, oh, I wish I could have done stuff differently. Because, A, there's no fucking, there, there's no benefit in that. There's also no national standard or, like, you know, like, educational or, like, standard of, like, you should know this at this age. No. Fuck that. There is literally no, no like, why are we putting this unnecessary pressure on Exactly. Ourselves? And also, the whole I know now, I would love that saying a lot more because it does hold you accountable to... I know now, because then at that point, I really do feel like it reaffirms and makes those lessons concrete in my brain. Mm, Does that make sense? Like, yeah. it, like, holds me accountable to the lessons that I have learned in my brain. That's interesting. For me, I like to think of it as, like, a celebration of, like, okay, so I could not previously lift what I can lift now. But mm -hmm. because of all of my hard work that I've put in. Yeah. I can now lift as much as I can lift. So, Fuck like, yeah. for I see that very similar to, like, mentality is that, like, I didn't know. Now, there was that part of me that knew that something was wrong in my house when I was a kid, that you shouldn't be afraid of, like, your the sound of your parents, like, footsteps, that you shouldn't um, have, like, a sense of dread when you're coming home. Like, there was that intrinsic feeling, mm -hmm. but there wasn't the understanding of, like, hey, this is bad because my child like my child brain could not recognize and could not process the fact that my caregivers could not love me enough yes. to support me. Yes. Because that would simply crumble who I was as a person. So I don't look at that like childhood me or even like 16 year old me to be like, why the fuck didn't you get out earlier? No, it took the time that it took for me to learn those lessons. So I see it very much as like when I say, I now know this as a like form of celebration, but I'm always learning and improving and getting better and becoming like more and more of who I am. Mm -hmm. That like the, the older I get, the more work I put into this, the like more knowledgeable I become and the stronger I become because of the effort. Yes. Whereas if I look back and I'm like, oh, well, you should have known that. Why would you know that? You were a child. Yeah. And even like when I was in my 20s and I'm not technically a child. Okay, why would you know that you were in your 20s? And also we didn't have language back then. Yeah. So it's really easy to look back and be like, well, why didn't you do that? Bitch, you didn't know. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you can even extend that to in your 30s or in your 40s. Oh, yeah. Why would I know that? I didn't have access to this information mm -hmm. beforehand. Well, I mean, I just tattooed that client. He was 85. Fuck yeah. Taking college classes. Mm -hmm. um, because apparently when you're 85, they just, like, let you fucking take classes for free it's at UNR. That's lit. Um, <laughs> and this class was on pain management. And it was super validating for me because I, you know, we've talked about this before, where I thought that I didn't necessarily have the best relationship with pain. But it's mm -hmm. just that, like, I guess intrinsically I, like, 
because of what I've previously learned and like cobbled together over time um, coincides with this whole like class that he's taking, which is like in collaboration with Harvard at UNR that like pain is very much like a mental thing and like how much like energy you put into it is how much you're going to feel pain. So when you say, Hey, Whoa, I don't. Yeah. I don't want to feel this pain. Like for, he, he was talking about physical pain is like, look, you can just simply tell yourself like, Hey, I'm not going to like, sit in pain but i'm going to understand that this is part of the process and breathe through it and acknowledge that it exists but also move through it and that for me was so interesting because here he is 85 and he's like yeah i'm just learning this and i think it like really helped solidify for me that like you can decide that you can just keep growing and learning your entire life Mm -hmm. like you can be 85 taking college courses because why the fuck not and that just goes along with that like he's not they're going i should have known this about pain why we didn't have the research that we do now Mm -hmm. and b you weren't privy to this knowledge until now until yeah until now i fucking love that this feels like fireworks in my brains i i feel like i don't know i feel like everything is becoming more concrete and more um I guess justified. I don't know, more real. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just, that's amazing. I am really stoked for your client. That's dope. <laughs> I want to be that person when I'm 85. I want to be that person. You just keep learning. You just fucking keep learning. And yeah. um, I, I mean, to circle back on the whole boundaries bit, um, I guess the last question I have really um, when it comes to boundaries, uh, well, I guess I have two. How can we set boundaries and how can we uphold them? And also, um, I do want to talk about compatibility versus agreeableness and curiosity okay. before we end this episode. Because well, we're getting close. I'm saying we're almost at the end of this we're episode. Almost at the end. So perhaps we carry this on to our next episode. I love that. Yeah. Um, so we will continue this. We're going to have the same outfits because we're honestly just going to record next week's episode in like 10 minutes. Yeah. But um, so we will touch back on those. And that being said, what's your win for the week? Oh, my gosh. I'm having to come up with multiple wins for the week. <laughs> um, my win for the week is, is letting myself grieve over. I'm just going to be vulnerable, said toxic situationship. Um, and grieving over the person that I thought he was and realizing that it that is incredibly valid to grieve over that yes. person because that is still incredibly real. And that's not the person that he actually is. But I think that like the whole well, that's not who he actually is, is a way to shortcut that pain. But I think that in order to process, you still need to feel the pain of that grief of the person that you just thought they were. So if you were ever in the same situation, it's OK to grieve over that person that you thought they were. Um, Absolutely. So that's my win for the week is letting myself grieve and cry on the bathroom floor for like an hour. <laughs> I love that. How about you? <laughs> um, my win for the week, once again, coming up with multiple wins, um, is honestly uh, just like having Lily over and like working out with Lily. Yes. Um, <laughs> because I've been working out by myself for so much, like so much time lately and Ooh. having... Um, we that like, what's vulnerability. A <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, so- <laughs> it was quite embarrassing. <laughs> we're like, um, we don't tell people how to warm up anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a moment where I started like running through where I was like, okay, let's, let's do these movements, let's do these. And it like 
started to come back and I felt like, oh, yeah, you still know how to coach. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just got like a message about that where I like told someone some cues on coaching. Um, Shout out Ben. And he sent me a message and was like, hey, like that really helped me. And just kind of sitting in that like feeling Mm -hmm. of like knowing that like you're not just putting bullshit out in the world. Like you do know how to help people. And I've been really trying to sit in that feeling lately. So I've like taken a like album of my phone and like screenshotted that. So that are like screenshotting things that nice people like people say nice things about me and like collecting that. So that way I can like recognize that like I am indeed not a bad person. So when I get back in those like trains of thought that stem from childhood of like I'm the problem I'm bad that I can then like have this evidence to be like no your existence matters to people and you help people I fucking love so, that yeah you know that's what? like my win just to share real quick that's something I used to do in high school um I used to because in AP literature or something we had like these group talks and everyone in the class was supposed to write a post-it note to you and talk about like basically what they liked about your performance but some of them were really deep and some of them were like genuinely like hey your essay changed my life or like hey when you said this it really hit different and i've never heard that before and so i would save that all in an envelope and i think to encourage our wrecking balls you guys should do that too it helped me through a lot of my worst days and i think it'll help you through a lot of your worst days i think it has right yeah um so I it just brings me back to the present. So like earlier when I was yes. there and I was like teaching and I saw like Lily's face and I was like, oh, this and she did a movement and you saw like that recognition of like, oh, this is beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, then it really made me feel like, oh, holy shit, you actually know what you're talking about. Yeah, because that's like childhood um, like ideology around myself where it's that invalidation Mm -hmm. so i feel like i oftentimes i'm like no one's gonna believe you you don't know what the fuck you're talking about right and so then it's that like benefit of that to like bring you back to the present so i would say would you like to encourage our wrecking balls to do the same thing absolutely yeah people have said that really means a lot to you Mm -hmm. start keeping it and start putting it in a separate folder like make the intention to actually keep it in a separate folder, not just screenshot it and let it sit in that separate folder. Oh, no, my my Make a screenshot folder. folder is just called nice things people say about you. Absolutely. I think my um, my little envelope, because I would like, you know, obviously they were written on print, a post note, so I didn't have to print stuff out. But if you want to print stuff out, then I encourage yeah. that. I think my envelope said something like, um, read this when you're down or something like that. That's adorable. Just like as an intention. So I would say wrecking balls, please do that for yourselves. Yes. That's all I have to say. Um, Thank you, guys. And then we will see you again next week. (sighs) See you next week. We love you. And bye. See ya.